Seriously? Yeah, but you know, it's <laughs> wow. It's nothing that you control. It's just, it just it gives the uh, here's oh, something to watch. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I wish I could have been there. <laughs> <laughs> Anesthetic induced uh, Tourette's. <laughs> Welcome to Medically Speaking Radio. I'm Dr. Mark Vaughn. And I'm Larry Finney. I'm a doctor. And I'm not. Let's get started. All right. Welcome to another Medically Speaking Radio with the Mark and Larry Show, as some people call it. And we actually have a guest. Our guest comes to us by way of Michigan, where he did his surgical residency, and is now a part of Sierra Foothills Surgical Associates. Is that the correct name of the group? Uh, close enough. Let me introduce to you <laughs> Dr. Osama Zaria. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yes. He sounds so subdued. He does. I think he, I we, think, don't, we don't have him going yet. I, 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 I sense a little reluctance. I mean, the fact that he showed up is a good it's sign. It's like he's nervous because he, he hasn't listened to one of our shows to know what, what he's in for. Yeah, I would be nervous too. Yeah. He, has, he has good reason to be But yeah, nervous. he comes. He's such a good guy. He yeah. shows yeah. up anyway. Welcome. Thank you. We're glad to have you here. So yeah, you are a general surgeon and, yes. and you are from, how do you pronounce it? Michigan. <laughs> yeah, I did my training at Detroit, Michigan. Okay. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Then we moved back here. I'm actually from the area, so that was the whole plan. Get back uh, home. Get back home, get away from Michigan in the cold weather. Imagine that, having to do a residency in the Midwest so you could come back home. Do we yeah. know that story? Have we heard that story before? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's, I guess we, the obvious thing to start with is what does a general surgeon do? So just like the name applies, we uh, pretty much do everything. Um, most, or actually all specialties have branched off from general surgery. So we technically can do everything any specialist can do. It all just depends on... Can you, can you clarify that to say surgical specialist? Yeah, so vascular <laughs> surgery, plastic surgery. Actually, you can do whatever I do. That's, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> so in order to do those speci specialties, you have to do a residency in general surgery. So, um, you know, everything overlaps. Um, here, most of our operations are hernias, gallbladders, appendix, colons. Um, you know, uh, some of us do amputations, uh, which generally used to go to the orthopedic surgeons or the vascular surgeons. It all just depends what's in the community, but most of our stuff here are, uh, hernias, you know, a lot of hemorrhoids, you know, for those fortunate men out there and women. Um, that's pretty much it. Speaking of hernias, uh, there was a particular hernia repair that we were talking about a week ago. Yes, yes, we did. We did. We covered my operation, and it just so happens I didn't know that we'd actually have him as a guest. But Doctor Zaria was the one who actually uh, did mine. It was uh, it's uh, two weeks ago today, so we're celebrating our anniversary here. So, <laughs> so can we hurry it up? We we're, we've got dinner reservations and everything. So that's kind of unique that we have both doctor and patient here. Well, and and I'm able to do. I'm I'm for those of you uh, scoring at home. I'm I'm standing up. I'm actually recording this while standing up. Amazing. Which, you do it so well. You make it look effortless. It, it, absolutely. Well, I'm kind of leaning on a desk, but <laughs> but to stand for 30 minutes at a time, you know, that was that was really not, not in the cards for, for Hernia Boy. But just, my, I'm good now. Just left in the room alone, <laughs> waiting for the 
motion activated lights to come back on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Try not to move. Be as still as possible and don't move. Can, can you get my lunch for me? <laughs> <laughs> A little, little uh, Parks and Rec humor there for those of you. Um, so what is your favorite kind of surgery to do? It has to be a tie between the appendix and gallbladder. Um, they're just so satisfying. You know, someone comes in with all this pain, you operate and it's gone, you know. And, and those are emergent type surgeries, right? Uh, That's not something... the, the appendix is, yeah. The gallbladder, sometimes they aren't. You know, sometimes people come up to these vague symptoms they couldn't figure out for years and years and years. And when it finally gets diagnosed and you remove that gallbladder, you're like a whole new person. Really? Yeah, right. that's real fun to see. So I, the next part would be, if obviously, what's your least favorite? Least favorite? <laughs> um, I'm going to guess hemorrhoid. Yeah, I mean, anything with the anus isn't uh, a fun thing to do <laughs> because fun. it hurts. You know, so, you know, you tell the patient, hey, I know it hurts right now, but it's going to hurt even more after surgery and it'll take six weeks for it to get better. And eventually they do get better and, they, you know, but... That's an unsatisfying operation where, you know, especially hemorrhoid where it can just come back, you know, uh, so you put them through all that pain, they feel much better, but then they're like, hey, it's back. And it's like, well. <laughs> yeah, the, the thrombosed external hemorrhoid. Yeah. I, I actually discourage people from having us open those up because it's going to go away. If you I, I think it's more of a psychological thing, yeah. having something done, you yeah. know, they feel like, you know, they feel better. But yeah, you're right. After 72 hours, it's been shown that no matter what you do, you know it's going to get better on its own and, and the pain won't be better by an operation. And that's you know? why if, if anybody listening ever saw me during a certain period, a couple of years ago that lasted four days <laughs> and saw me make a, a wince every time I stood up and sit down, it's because oh. I'd rather sit this. Yeah, that's it. I'd rather sit this one out. <laughs> yeah. Nicely done. Um, is there a type of surgery that you w wish that you could do? I mean, is there one where you go, Gosh, if, if this one pops up on the roster, you know, I, I want to raise my hand and see if I can do that one. Yeah. Well, you know, so we don't do any real big cancer cases here, you know, like removing part of the pancreas or Whipple procedure. Um, you know, those are kind of fun to do in terms of it. It really incorporates everything that you've learned during training. Um, you know, and, and a lot of thyroids um, were fun to do too. But again, those have now become a specialty surgery more towards the ENT guys. Um, and that's kind of been, uh, I want to say taken away from us, but, um, you know, that's, that's more, uh, I guess in their realm of specialty now, um, although we can certainly do them, but we don't get to do enough of them anymore. So compared to the, the community that you were in, in, in Michigan and here in rural Northern California, are the, are the case types different here? Oh, much different. So, I mean, <clears throat> in Detroit, there's much more of an obese population. And so with, you know, obesity, you have, you tend to have more complications and uh, tend to have uh, a lot more difficult ternary repairs. Yeah. Um, Living out there in the cholesterol belt, as they call it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then something else unique about us here in Auburn, I, I would guess that the, you don't have the subspecialist carving out as many of the procedures. Yeah. And so you're allowed to do more right, or right. able to do more. Right. And, you know, it's, you know, again, we're all comfortable doing those procedures. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, it's really nice to be able to be a true general surgeon. You know, sometimes a general surgeon's, you know, regulated, maybe if you even go as far as just Sacramento to literally just doing gallbladders and hernias and an appendixes, any kind of colon procedure will go to the colorectal guy, you know, uh, again, thyroids will go to the ENT guy. Um, any hemorrhoids would probably go to colorectal guy too. Wow. 
Um, and that's just, and that's not because we can't do it, but you know, they did an extra two years of training, which, you know, um, for some procedures, when you get more complex into the anus, like fistulas, you know, I think it's good to have a colorectal surgeon to check that out, but any kind of, you know, cancer operation that they can do, we can definitely do too. So, and we feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. So even just we're this close to Sacramento and yet there's that difference. Right. So yeah. if a patient wanted, they could easily go to Sacramento to have the procedure done. But if they're if they want to, they could have it right here in our hometown. Yes. And and what is it that brought you to a place the size of Auburn rather than somewhere maybe smaller where you'd have even broader selection of procedures? So the number one thing you want to do coming out of training, and I'm now uh, coming up on my anniversary, about a year of out from training, um, is is that you want, you know, a not to be limited to what you can do, right? Again too many specialists, you know, too many, you know, uh, you know, cooks in the kitchen. It's just going to take away from your experience and what you can do and, and how, you know, how you develop your skills. But more importantly, you want to find partners that are willing to kind of take you under their wing and show you different ways that you can do things. And so with the group I joined, um, who's uh, Jeff Jenkins, Bart, uh, Bart Bradshaw and Michael Antonini, all had great reputations in the community. All are fantastic surgeons and I've learned so much from them. And I've also brought some things to them as well, you know, um, the newer techniques that they were unaware of or didn't, you know, think it'd be, you know, easier what they were doing. But just to have that kind of mentorship, um, you know, it's, it's as if I did a paid fellowship, basically. Um, and it, that was just that's number one thing that they tell general surgeons to make sure you go into uh, whatever type of position, whether hospital employed or private practice that you have some type of mentorship or backup people willing to kind of take you through you know the operations if needed i, I think that's true for other specialties too. oh absolutely I, yeah. I, I would say family medicine if you can get uh, a small group where they're invested in you to help you grow and right there for you know somebody to bounce things off of between cases or bring into the room to look at a patient oh that's gold yeah i mean it, i mean you can't stress the importance of that yeah I mean, it's just you know, it's a lot of people think, oh, you know, you've had five years of training. Why can't you do it? It's not that you can't do it, but there's always a more efficient way of doing it. Because yeah. especially with surgery, you know, I tell people the biggest risk of surgery is the time under anesthesia and yeah. not what we're doing. It's what they're doing up there. And so especially in the Auburn community where we have a little bit of an elderly population who are in absolutely phenomenal shape. Um, but when you're 90 and you cut, you show your age. And so it's important to not take three hours to do a hernia, although it's safe, but you don't want to spend that time doing that and, you know, subjecting that person to more anesthesia than they needed. Yeah. Yeah. My, my anesthesia experience was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> why, why are you laughing? No, go ahead. Were you there? Hi, uh, yeah, yeah, I was you, there. You were pretty much there. <laughs> what, 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 did I say something or? Uh, no, no, not at all. No. no, no. Well, so, so recently, you know, everything we do nowadays, you're going to get an email or a text or something asking you to rate your experience or whatever. So just yesterday I got, I got one to ask to, to rate my anesthesiologist. And in the, in the uh, text box, I put, you know, this is, this is probably the highest praise I can give an anesthesiologist. I don't remember anything about him. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I remember his name. Do, do you remember who it was? I do. <clears throat> it was uh, Richard Juarez. Oh, Juarez, Dr. Juarez. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it was like, wheel me in, lights out. <laughs> Somebody wakes me up and says, all right, we need the table for somebody else. Get out of here, kid. Nice. And that was it, you know. But I, I, I did have some apprehensions about being intubated and all that stuff. Just, 
you know, in general, it's kind of a, you know, it's a dicey idea, but I, I didn't have any, uh, yeah, after effects of in the throat or any, I no sore yeah. throat, no nothing, no hangover, no nausea. I mean, it was like, it was like that slice of an hour or two hours or whatever. I was, never happened. Yeah. Being intubated. Huh? Yeah. In fact, the only time I ever have been, I did it myself. <laughs> what? What? That was a joke. <laughs> it was a, uh, an LMA. Oh, okay. Uh, laryngeal mask airway. Still and pretty I, impressive. It was when they, it was, well, I sprayed, uh, oh, cedicane. okay. So you cheated. <laughs> but i want to go back man (laughs) but but i want to what i want to go back to someone who was conscious during my procedure and you were laughing so i want to know why well you you woke up a little angry i think what yeah you woke a little bit angry really Uh, yeah nothing nothing we haven't seen out of the ordinary but it was a little funny to watch was i swinging uh you you know a little i think a little some little bit of f-bombs here and there but seriously yeah but you know it's Wow. It's nothing that you control. It's just, it just, it gives the, uh, gives us something to watch. Oh my goodness. I wish I could have been there. Anesthetic induced uh, Tourette's. It's funny. Most people wake up doing that. I don't know what it is. Really? Yeah. Well, it's, it's maybe, not, maybe you should have Richard Juarez on and, it, and ask him because. It's not language. What's that? When the F-bombs start coming out. That's that's an emotional expression like oh, crying. It's not it's not a word with language. It's yeah. an emotional um yeah, expression. No, I remember somebody, you know, waking me up and asking me questions and my I felt like I was lucid in answering their questions directly. Well, that's the truth serum, right? I guess, yeah. yeah. That yeah, probably came later. A, <laughs> so I'm dropping I I, I wish you why didn't you bust out your phone and Well, I didn't know you were a part of this, otherwise I would have. You didn't tell me, you know. <laughs> Oh, the stuff I miss, you know, the stuff you miss when you're anesthetized. That's right? why I filmed my own colonoscopy. Oh my gosh, you got to see that one, Doc. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know that, if I want to see that. You actually do. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of weirdly entertaining, but anyway. So I want to go back to, uh, you know, you mentioned Detroit, and I think about, I bet you had a lot of emergency room stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of trauma there. Um, you know, up until maybe my fourth year, you know, Detroit declared bankruptcy. It's the best thing they've ever done. Um, and they were able to buy a lot of property and kind of fix up the area. So the trauma dropped tremendously. And, you know, in that small little Detroit area, you know, you had three or four trauma hospitals. Uh, the one biggest to us would be Henry Ford, mm-hmm. Henry Ford Hospital. And so our trauma numbers dropped, but we definitely seen a lot of, you know, they used to call it the gun and knife club, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. a lot of gunshot. Well, in fact, my worst emergency room, uh, you know, as a second year resident, you take care of the emergency room. My worst day was seeing over 40 consults. 20 of them were gunshot wounds. And for whatever reason, Detroit likes to get into a gun war on 4th of July. Wow. Wow. So we were just walking to the ER, uh, picking off, you know, gunshot wounds because the ER hadn't got to them yet. And so we were just kind of walking in and we, you know, we pulled a current after current. Do you have a gunshot wound? Do you have a gunshot wound? And, uh, you know, most of them were, you know, thankfully, you know, not emergent or surgical needed, you know, so a lot of gunshot wounds to like the extremities, you know, contrary to movie belief, you don't go in and remove the bullet, you know, <laughs> no, uh, no matter where you're shot. Um, you just leave it in. You always leave it in. No, you're gonna do more harm than good because bullets actually have these prongs and they're meant to be stuck. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not meant to pierce through you. To they're, they're meant to be lanched. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And so if you go in there and start messing things around, trying to remove them, you just, you know, you're going to cause more harm than good, especially the ones near the spine. They definitely leave those. Mm. So, um, 
that was the most interesting, I think, night I've had in residency. I mean, it was just brutal. Wow. So you, all these victims will just have setting off metal detectors the rest of their lives. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I guess. I don't ever thought really a lot about that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, how many of them had like multiple slugs in them? I mean, quite a few, you know, but, you know, it's, it's interesting. The body will eventually try to push out the bullet. And when it comes close enough to the skin, you know, where you can just kind of feel it moving around, that's when some people are like, all right, can you take this out now? And they're like, all right, fine, we'll take it out. But for the most part, you kind of just leave it alone and, just, you know, it is what it is. Well, I always like quaint regional uh, 4th of July traditions. So that's, that's an interesting one in Detroit. I should... So remember to wear body armor and... Yeah, I do remember my first 4th of July in residency. And uh, I was in the emergency department and I learned that alcohol and fireworks don't mix. <laughs> and when yeah. they do, people lose fingers. Right. Uh, and that was actually another thing. Uh, we used to cover the, the burn unit too. Uh, yeah. My So I, I worked in uh, Detroit. Um, it's called the Detroit Medical Center. And, you know, it, it encompasses a bunch of uh, different hospitals. But we were the burn unit. And most of that part of the state. And so we got all of the, you know, fireworks situation and stuff like that. And so that was on top of the gun. It was just a busy night. <laughs> it was a very busy Fourth night. July in residency. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's quite the opposite of the Super Bowl in residency. Right. Super Bowl, you get all, all these, you know. Super Bowl. Nobody goes to the emergency department yeah, during the yeah. Super Bowl. I like Christmas, right? Like, you know. Yeah, same. If you're on for Christmas, you're going to have a great day. Oh. Oh, yeah. And Thanksgiving. But then maybe the day later or two days later, they all start yeah, coming. It happens. What yeah. about Halloween? Does Halloween present some interesting? No, uh, not really, because they've actually, so, I don't know, I think it's a Midwest thing, not only a, a Michigan thing, but have you ever heard of Devil's Night? No. So it's the day before Halloween, and you just, have you ever watched the movie Crow? Mm-mm. You've ever watched Crow? No. Have you? Should I? Who stars in that? Uh, wasn't it Bruce Lee's, uh, Brandon Lee, who oh, also died? I think, I think that's right. That, Bruce Lee's that kid, ring, right? That rings a bell, yeah. Yeah. You guys have to watch that movie. Okay. Wow. That's your generation, too. Yeah. <laughs> Crow. All right. Well, Devil's Night, they used to go out and they, you know, used to cause havoc. And, you know, but, you know, early, I think maybe early, late 90s or sometime around, they changed it to Angel's Night. And so basically they just got away with it and, you know, Halloween is really just a fun time in, in Michigan now. So. But, but the Devil's Night aspect of it is people doing crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's, it was, they used to go out, you know, it was, it was just a bunch of crime, mm. you know, just, you know, whether you're egging a house or, you know, beating someone up, it was just, uh, cause I, I actually, my dad went to the same residency as I did. So I grew up in Michigan and there was Devil's Night when I was six or seven years old. Um, and so when we went back, I was like, do you guys still have that? They're like, oh no, we got rid of that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the emergency room physicians are getting way too much work. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What, what are you doing over there texting? Who are you, young man? Do I have to take your phone away from you? I, I'm trying to make uh, notes of the time when the air conditioner goes on and off so I can take it out in post. <laughs> God. <laughs> Always thinking. Always thinking. Because it, it went on again. Yeah, but our listeners can't hear it. And I'd rather be, you know, comfortable than. <laughs> You'd rather have me engaged. I'd rather week. have you engaged. I'd okay. rather be comfortable. And at this point, you know, the listeners can, can put up with a little bit all right, of all right, you know, all right. background his. All right. So how, how did the, the move from Michigan to Northern California occur? You say you grew up in Michigan. Well. But then you were in right. California. We moved to San Jose, California, because my dad absolutely hated Michigan. Because you got to remember, so he graduated in 93, but he was, he was there from, I don't know. Wait, wait. Graduated from residency or medical school? Residency. 
in 93. Yeah, so he graduated in 88 okay. medical school, I believe. So I was in medical education the same time as your father. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I feel old. Mm. So he grew up, and you know, the, the, the winters were worse then too, you know, because of you know, global warming and things have changed. But so if you got you to imagine yourself, you know, in the Midwest, you know, eight inches of snow, but no remote start um no remote unlock so he would yeah, wake I remember up remember yeah you yeah exactly right so you'd wake up and you'd take your key and you'd go unlock your car well the lock was frozen mm-hmm. you know and and so he just had all these nightmare you know this is why i wanted to come home after residency <laughs> yes so he swore he would never come go back to michigan and i had to beg him to visit me like twice he just would not do it <laughs> um so he moved to california and we've we've been here ever since and uh um a lot of my family moved from Santa the Bay Area to Sacramento, you know, because it's just affordable. And so they, we were trying to get into, you know, the Roseville, Sacramento area. And so when the job opened up in Auburn, it was perfect. Oh, all right. So now that you're in Auburn, what is it you like or don't like about Auburn? Well, I live in Roseville. Okay. Yeah, I work here, but I, I absolutely love the community here. I mean, it's so... I don't know if you guys know, but when you operate on someone with a BMI of less than 30, it's like heaven, <laughs> right? I mean, it's just, everything goes smoothly. Different Your complications Midwest, go yes. way down. Yeah. Complications goes way down. Laparoscopic surgery is easier. Everything is just easier. Um, and the patients do so much better. Um, and then that's just fact, you know, and, and that's really among, I think, universal among most medical specialties, right? When you're a primary care doctor, I'm sure it's a lot yeah. easier to take care of someone. Oh, well, well. What I think of specifically is trying to do physical examination and you can't tell where the landmarks are. Right. Because they're so deep. Right. And you just, you don't know what you're doing. And that goes along with surgery too, because if you're, you know, if you're bigger on the outside, you're bigger on the inside too. And there's, you know, a lot of people think it's just, you know, blood, gluts and, you know, glory in, in the abdomen. But really I tell people there's not supposed to be any blood in there. Right. So when you go look inside, there's zero blood. And what's really there is just your intestines and fat. And if all that fat is in the way, whatever you're trying to do, it makes it much harder. Um, So, you know, uh, that's the one thing that's been really nice about moving to the Auburn community, which is probably much different than the Sacramento community, to be honest with you. Um, So everybody here seems to be really outdoorsy, uh, fit. Um, You know, I've I've met 90-year-olds who do hikes. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, it's just something you really I'm not used to. And I was just like, wow. This is pretty awesome. That's weird. I didn't know that about fat. I always imagined fat as an outside layer, kind of like a, a puffy coat or, you know, a down yeah. jacket. So, so it's actually Oh, yeah. The, the visceral fat is where I think most of your fat is, you know, visceral being inside the body. So, um, you know, if, if that's just all on the way and, and you really can't see anything, you might, you know, again, all that really does is increase your anesthesia time. We'd be able to get it done laparoscopically or robotically, uh, but sometimes it, it it's just not worth it. You just make that big open incision for whatever you're doing, you know? The layperson probably doesn't understand that when the anesthetic gets into our bodies, it's actually getting into the fat. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's accumulating during the whole duration mm-hmm. of the time you're under the anesthesia. And then it has to come out. Right. So after they turn it off, it's still in you. Yes. It's still coming out in your blood and then you're exhaling it uh, for a long time afterward. Mm-hmm. Well, how about this as a value added thing to surgery? You're in there and you say, hey, can I just remove the fat while I'm in there? The person comes in at, I don't know, 300 pounds and they leave at 198 or something. Is that even possible? That'd be great if it's all in one location. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> now, we do do some really big abdominal hernia repairs where we do remove some of 
what's called the panis, which is the stomach that's hanging down, uh-huh. you know, or a tummy tuck, yeah. right? Because sometimes the hernia is so big, you fix it, and they just have all this extra skin. So you do have to remove that. Oh. Um, and then, then they do lose 20, 30 pounds. Okay. And then they can see their toes again. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah cool. <laughs> Among other opinions. Among other yeah, yeah, that's right. What they used to call it, dicky doo disease, yeah. right? That's where your gut hangs out farther than your dicky doo. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes, we have patience with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I, I killed the, I killed the, the vibe. There's a little E on the uh, podcast now. Oh, okay, good. Well, that might get people to listen. Okay. I'll, I'll try to figure out how to do that. Yes. <laughs> or yeah, some some will, some will not. Yes. Yeah. Uh, where? Let's see, you you had the hernia operation. Yeah. And that was with Doctor Zaria. True. Laparoscopically, right? Laparoscopically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we were talking earlier about sticking in the different uh, tools, and I I said microphone because I, I you said camera, so lights, camera. Yeah, there were. There, I guess there were. The, I guess there was there no light. microphone. No okay, microphones. So, no, I, you know, well, as long as you're here, and since you were there, actually for that. So what goes in? I have three incisions. I got one right near my navel. Yeah, and then there's two below that are almost. I can't even find them anymore. Right, about, I mean, five, just, about five millimeters. Uh, yeah, yeah, and and they've they've healed up and shrunk down to virtually nothing by now. And this is only two weeks later. So what all is going on with those three incisions? So that the biggest one is where your belly button is, right? Yeah. And that's where the camera goes in. And the reason why it goes in there is to give you a wide perspective of what you're looking at. So okay. we're, we're looking at basically your groin, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, we're basically anatomically, that's the best position to put the camera uh, without getting, you know, yeah. you know, deep into it. But, um, and then the other two, in, two incisions uh, is where we use our laparoscopic instruments. So, you know, the instruments vary between scissors, graspers um different type of graspers called Marilyn's and things like that where it helps us pull apart tissue and reduce your hernia so once we reduce your hernia then we introduce that mesh through that big incision where the camera went so can we put it use a smaller camera we could have but then the mesh wouldn't have fit so you uh-huh. have to make it a certain size which is about 10 to 12 millimeters again i mean it's a centimeter it's not that big yeah well so when you say reduce the hernia before entering the mesh, what, what goes on? You, you basically, you're stuffing my innards back in where they should go and then stitching up that, that hole. Interestingly or? enough, you don't need to stitch anything up. You just kind of reduce it and get it out of the way. Just push it back in. Put it back where it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. Um, and, uh, but what keeps them from coming back? Is the, that mesh. the mesh. That's, the mesh. That's right, the mesh, the mesh yeah. yeah. You put that mesh there and then you should be good to go. Yeah. Recurrence rate is less than 5%. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, and you also talked about blowing air into it uh, yeah because otherwise the the camera is just up against things if you blow air in it expands the the abdomen the cavity so you can actually look around and see things otherwise it's just all falling down on top of itself yeah yeah and then he warned me ahead of time about the uh the bruising aspect of things yes that's right we talked about that yeah the, the the aesthetics of that are are uh aren't great but it goes away. It, I was yeah, gonna say it's, it's it does go away. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, the bruising is all the, the small little blood vessels yeah. that you know you can't even tell they're bleeding, but they're there. Yeah. And you know, and that you know that's done with the balloon dissector. So we blow up this big balloon that really just dissects everything out of the way. So even if I blew that up, and I, I told I tell everybody this before we operate, if I blew that up and then didn't do the operation, you'd have the same amount of bruising. So that's just you know the nature of yeah you know of the operation, but it doesn't hurt. No. No, it doesn't. It, yeah. Is, is that what you wanted to get uh, to cover today? Yeah. Well, yeah. 
Dr. Zaria, any particular thing you want to promote? Uh, your new book coming out or <laughs> your well, movie, movie appearances? Or, or, <laughs> anything you have going you want to Speaking make Speaking sure, tours. This is your chance to get it out. This there. is it? Yeah. Well, just come see me if you have anything that needs to be repaired. Okay. Uh, we do do colonoscopies too. So, you know. And I messed up the name you of your do. group earlier. Sierra Foothills. Sierra Foothills Surgical Group. Su surgical Group. Yeah. Okay. You do colonoscopies. We do. I did not know that. Yes. That is something I, I need to be reminded of because we uh, have certain uh, insurance alliances and they can do the screening colonoscopies yes. for our patients Yes. that we are sending to a, a certain major group in the area. Okay. But All right. there is an independent group that can do them. Yes. Uh, we don't have to send people to gastroenterologists only. We do have general surgeons right. that do the screening oh, right. colonoscopy. That is good. We're to know. just here to help them out. You know, they're they're backed up for months, so um, they're obviously great at what they do. But we can do them too. Yeah. Okay. We will definitely do that then. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Doctor Sarita. Thank you. Thank uh, you for having me. Been in Auburn for a year now, and Auburn is better for it. <laughs> Thank you. Larry's that. better for it. Oh, I am. I'm way better for it. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Well, that's all we have for this week, folks. Tune in next week when once again you will hear Doctor Mark Bond say. Until next time, stay in good health.